This is Tercets, a literary podcast by the Ekphrastic Review. We have the most and the best writing inspired by art. I'm your host, Brian Sammons. Hello, and thank you for your attention. This is episode 8 of Tercets. What you'll hear on this program is three different writings, like poems or short stories, by three different writers. Tercets is produced in association with the Ekphrastic Review, the website that's everything to this podcast. It's been a minute since the last episode aired, but I hope everyone is still here and enjoying what you're hearing. On today's show, I've got works by Margot Davis, Hedy Habra, and Patricia Goodwin. Without further ado, here are the writers. First up, Margot Davis. When not walking off the isolation blues, Margot immerses herself in the arts. Recent poems have appeared in Deep South Magazine, 50 Give or Take, McFrastic Review, Snapdragon, Mocking Heart Review, and Odes and Elegies, Eco Poetry from the Texas Gulf Coast. A three-time Pushcart nominee, Margot's forthcoming chapbook will be published by Finishing Line Press. Here is The Funeral Party by Margot Davis, inspired by the painting of the same name by L.S. Lowry. Margot's poem was published at the Ekphrastic Review in May 2021. The Funeral Party The deflated patriarch turns his incongruous crimson tie and downcast gaze away from what has become his expanding, pale-faced family now that his brother's passed. The two men hadn't been close since his brother wouldn't made good on his loans. The wife has a mouth that stirs up trouble with Maud. The dim sun, an uncoupled brake van, studies his tomboy sister as if bemused by this game he confuses with dodgeball. And who's that removed woman, hands buried in pockets, gaze confronting us head-on? Her soft gray coat stands out among baggy, glum sacks, funereal black. What secrets would she divulge in a pub? Death will exhale its foul breath on every soul. Yes, whether robust, boozy, stout, or broomstick sober, small, or jousting with the sun. Yet off guard we remain, gobsmacked by this visitor who makes no bones about dropping by. Don't we prefer the reaper appears unannounced, only to discover it's poppycock? This being the wrong house or circumstance, poor timing, or a bleary bender then exits with neither child nor adult whimpering like one beneath its muscular, unflappable reach. Not even the anxious, barking hound granted a brief stay of execution by the pound. Next, Hedy Habra. Hedy 
Hetty is a poet, artist, and essayist. She has authored three poetry collections, most recently The Taste of the Earth, Press 53, 2019, which was the winner of the Silver Nautilus Book Award, Honorable Mention for the Eric Hoffer Book Award, and Finalist for the Best Book Award. T. and Heliopolis won the Best Book Award, and Under Brushstrokes was finalist for the Best Book Award and the International Book Award. Her story collection, Flying Carpets, won the Arab American Book Awards Honorable Mention and was finalist for the Eric Hoffer Award. Her book of criticism, Mundos Alternos y Artísticos en Vargas Llosa, examines the visual aspects of the Peruvian Nobel Prize winner's narrative. A 15-time nominee for the Pushcart Prize and Best of the Net, and recipient of the Nazem Hikmet Award, her multilingual work appears in numerous journals and anthologies. Here is A Triptych by Hedy Habra, inspired by three paintings, namely The Kiss by Gustav Klimt, The Embrace by Egon Schiele, and Bride of the Wind by Oskar Kokoschka, three artists sometimes referred to as the Viennese Expressionists. Hetty's poem is from her 2015 collection titled Under Brushstrokes from Press 53, and it was also published at the Ekphrastic Review in November 2020. A Triptych Visibile parlare in sotto voce 1. What the painter hears A song from the Viennese whispered to Klimt You want our encounter to be a ritual, planned every detail. Ivy circled your hair, I interlaced mine with violets and jasmine. Wrapped in a diaphanous sarong, I stood by the bed of forget-me-nots. You held me against your silk kimono. The sun's folded wings framed us in its golden coin. Losing my balance, I fell on my knees, clinging to you, my arm around your bent shoulder. Eyes closed, I could see your hands cupped around my face, as if holding a precious porcelain. I pressed my toes against the ground afraid we'd sink into the abyss, both trapped within one trunk, one womb, as if you were my own, and I, Mother Earth bearing fruit, merging our beginnings. Let me become that space between your palms, the mark of your lips on my cheek. 2. The Artist as Voyeur Sheila's Glimpse at Love I want them to hold each other as if it were their last embrace. It is unusual, I know, for anyone to witness such fiery tenderness, but long to see desire itself as I've always dreamt it, not as I saw it in the eyes saddened by layers of coal and mascara. Isn't it what the child in us seeks, to be one with the primal act of one's conception? I want to forget the circled eyes of children consumed by their own fire, their pupil, the color of pain and loneliness. So I tell my models not to delay this embrace. They undress clumsily, hug each other so tightly they can't breathe. His arms pressed around her waist crush her, yet she should not feel the pain, for what is pain if not of longing or letting go? I want her hair to cascade in deep green over the white folds of wrinkled sheets framing their face. Let it fall on the nape of his neck. Let him sense her sweet fragrance. I want him to wish he'd drowned in their dark waters in the depths of scenes rushing into his mind, of her, of him, of them, of then, of now, all at once. I want to be part of his vision, wish I could paint myself in his place, feel images flow from her skin to mine. I turn the hour hand back 
and over moonless waters in the darkness of a womb-like warmth, I glimpse my own reflection in their surrender, the desire of myself dissolving time and space. Her fingers run over his shoulder, digging nails into his flesh as if riding on clay, a clay I have become, for I know too well how she remodels his chin, his lips, his cheekbone, her fingertips rest in the crease of his earlobe, giving me time to paint, to imagine how she remodels my chin, my lips, my cheekbone, her fingertips resting in the crease of my earlobe as I draw myself onto them. My back overlaps his as my body and hers become one with every stroke. She forgets him, a mere screen for this seance to take place. He whispers through her hair, but I know she only hears my brushstrokes thrusting her face into her shoulder, as if trying to silence her, forcing her to bite her own flesh. I know she will later read my unwritten words on the canvas. Does she notice how his voice is now covered by the sound of my brush? I paint myself as I paint them, a day at a time. My words suffused in linseed oil muffle even their thoughts, seep through sheets, beneath wavy curls, fold white curves around her body, between her legs. She opens up like a flower, offering more surfaces to the wind. As I press the tip of the brush, I hear them think in braille. My palate feels heavier. The session is over. They dress up like empty shells, leaving me facing us in a visibile parlare. She and I, in such an embrace, I will never recapture. 3. Before the Storm the wind trapped by Kokoshka rests by his bride. He lies eyes wide open, brows tense, lips pressed together, his rugged hands knotted over his belly as if in pain. They have just made love. Their bodies tied, lulled her to sleep, and soon they'd be swept away in a whirlwind. Yet she sleeps unaware, lost in enchanted woods, while he senses the gust, miles away hears murmurs, in the thickets, feels ripples formed by frightened wings, head leaning on his shoulder, a closed fist against his cheek, her dreams speak in tongues, in her faint smile, under her lowered eyelids. He remembers how she'd wait for him in the clearings, at her doorstep, by the circular fountain beneath tall beech trees. He'd watch her read omens in their bark's charcoaled eyes, outline her profile, a medallion in evening sepia. See her dress tremble at the slightest breeze. He'd enter the courtyard, rush through dark corridors, drape himself with her smell, till she'd bend under his weight. As though lying in tall branches, they feel the rustle of leaves, the sway of sycamores, imposing pines. He has to leave without looking back, join forces with the north wind, break the reflection captured in her eyes. Could he ever explain he was just the substance of her dreams? She would wake up soon, the fury of the storm deafening, its call irresistible, erasing the mirage of her shadow. He thinks of getting up, but cannot move, the painter's gaze anchoring him by her side. And lastly, Patricia Goodwin. <laughs>
Patricia is the author of When Two Women Die, a historical novella of Marblehead, telling of two murders which happened there 301 years apart, 2011, which is about Marblehead legends and true crime, and its sequel, Dreamwater, 2013, about the Salem witch trials. Her novel, Holy Days, 2015, is about the sexual, psychological seduction of Gloria Wisher and her subsequent transformation. Her poetry books are Java Love, Poems of a Coffee House, 2018, Telling Time by Apples and Other Poems About Life on the Remnants of Old Humphrey Farm, 2017, also illustrated by the author, Atlantis, 2006, and Marblehead Moon, 1993, all published by Plum Press. Her poetry has been published in Nth Position, Pemmican Press, Radius, Poetry from the Center to the Edge, and the Potomac, among others. Here is Vanessa Bell is Sending Me Dreams by Patricia Goodwin, inspired by The Tub, a painting by Vanessa Bell. Vanessa Bell is Sending Me Dreams. 1. Flash. I am falling asleep when suddenly I see, before me, a battalion of World War I soldiers having their photo taken. The soldier in the front tips his helmet at me and grins flirtatiously. I am struck by the life in him. I back away in fear that he might be the first to be killed. I realize I must be taking the photograph because I can feel the camera's black cloth sliding on my shoulders. I want to find this photo. Was I the photographer in a past life? I vaguely recall a Victorian-style turret in the background, like thousands and thousands of official buildings in the world. Did the soldiers assemble in front of the town hall for a photograph? Where should I begin such a search? 2. Flash. Winter. I have a vision of Knights Templar on horseback riding the shore. Sea smoke surrounds them. Their faces are covered in a thin white frost through which I can see their pink flesh. I can hear the horse's hooves pounding the wet sand. 3. Vanessa Bell is sending me dreams. I recently hung a picture of one of her paintings next to my bed. A golden representation of her work, The Tub, in which a woman stands naked beside an empty tub. Vanessa didn't get much appreciation in her lifetime. Once, she and her lover, Duncan Grant, while staying with friends, changed the paintings in the mansion to some of their own, and no one noticed. She sends me the Knights Templar, and another more complicated dream about work at a printing press keeping my daughter from me. In the dream, I break the press, but her boss still won't let her go. Vanessa's sister, the writer Virginia Woolf, couldn't visit very often because of her work and because her husband Leonard kept her so busy at Hogarth Press. For a moment in the dream, I thought while looking at my daughter's boss, is that Leonard Woolf? I think Vanessa is happy someone in the future has hung her work. 4. Vanessa's beloved son, Julian, an incredibly dynamic and handsome youth, was killed in the Spanish Civil War while driving an ambulance for the British Medical Unit. He was 29, idealistic, a devout socialist and anti-fascist. He couldn't get the suffering of the Spanish people out of his mind. Everyone tried to dissuade him from enlisting. Vanessa never fully recovered from her grief. 
that was Tercis for today. Thanks for listening, and I hope you follow the podcast, share the episodes with your friends in your social media circles, and come over to the website and check out all of the amazing writing people are sending our way. We have new ekphrastic writing posted nearly every day, so there's always something new. As always, a special thanks goes out to the writers and artists featured in today's episode and every day at the Ekphrastic Review. The music that comprises our intro and outro is by Jadati. The other terrific music you heard was by The Units, Joe Meek, and Alec K. Redfern and The Eyesores. I'm Brian, and this was Tercits. Until next time, stay inspired. Stay inspired.